Welcome to Come and See, your podcast for finding truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. With host and founder, Richard Case, and co-host and retreat leader, Kathy Riccone. Today is our special guest day, where we will hear from a friend of the ministry who will share their insight and stories on truth in this chaotic world. And now your host, Richard Case. Hello, Kathy. Uh, today, Hello. today is guest day, uh, and we have uh, Heath and Rebecca Cardi. Uh, they're actually in studio because they uh, live here in Denver, uh, so they could come down. And uh, afterwards, by the way, uh, Linda's going to join us, and we're all going to lunch together. So, oh, how fun! Uh, it's going <laughs> to be quite fun. Um, Heath and Rebecca are uh, just really uh, been uh, become precious friends of ours, and they're uh, enjoying it. And they they give it away. We talk about the covenant, uh, blessed to be mm-hmm. a blessing. Uh, they've been blessed and they are uh, giving it away in a big way to lot their family. Uh, uh, we probably won't go into all this. We'll have to have uh, his son and uh, daughter-in-law on uh, Colton. They've gone through abiding. They've taught him abiding. They come to a retreat. Uh, they have some exciting stuff. <laughs> you talk about God's will. They're really experiencing it right now. Interesting enough, they've been instructed. Very much so. Which I'll have to ask you guys about uh, to go to Iceland. Um, oh, not, wow. Not, not, it's not the end. It's just go there and I'm going to instruct you next. Uh, and so <laughs> it's really fun. Oh, fascinating. It's really fun that they said, <laughs> yeah, okay, we're going. <laughs> so uh, anyway, uh, we loved uh, having you guys here. Welcome. Um Maybe we could start to have the audience learn a little bit about you. Uh, how did you each uh, receive Christ? I was, I, you know, I actually don't have that single moment. I think for me, I was, I was born and raised in a, in a Christian family. Grew up going to church from being an infant and ended mm-hmm. up going to, uh, going to Bible college after high school. And I don't, uh, while I know when I was baptized, I, I don't have a specific moment uh and really thank god that i feel like i've just always known about him and i've and i've always had that connection so i i don't have like a yeah salvation moment but i i feel like god's been kind of keeping an eye on me my whole life which yeah. i'm very thankful for so what are uh, you a native coloradan no i'm actually native new jerseyan yeah, you might even pick up ah, some of that with the accent okay when I get excited or i talk too fast it <laughs> kind of comes out and i have a little rocky balboa thing going on so what was um uh during that time as you're growing up um when did you uh even as an adult when did you have a, a desire that i really want to pursue and follow god i feel like my whole life the the parable of talents the matthew 25 parable of talents has been uh, really impressed on me, and I I can't pinpoint that, but like I, I was very aware of it as a child growing up, huh. teenager, adult. Uh, the whole Matthew, you know, to whom much has been given, much is required, and that and that being faithful with little, you will be faithful in much. And that I, I guess I've I, I've recognized that God has um, spared me from a lot of things in some ways, and I and I've been given things that are completely unwarranted, and I've been um, I, I've had this sense of gratitude, but I think with it has come this sense of responsibility, stewardship. And I think kind of the frustrating thing for me was 
I've I've known that and felt that my whole life, and that that sense of stewardship has been, I would say, kind of a burden I've felt, mm. responsibility. But I didn't really, I mean, I, I didn't really know, kind of what that meant. Like I, it's like carrying a backpack without knowing where you're headed. Is <laughs> <laughs> kind of how I might describe it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, that's, that's not great. like a moment of lightning kind of thing, but like I just I've felt it. I've felt the weight of that my whole life. And I until we really learned biting and until we kind of understood how to hear God's voice and understand that plane and to kind of see the, you talk about that next 10 feet until that I just I, I'd been living life kind of doing what I felt was God's will from his scriptures and was most logical to me in my own reasoning. And like, I knew that was, that was like what I was supposed to do, but like, I knew it wasn't enough. Like yeah. I, I felt like that was good and it wasn't like I was off the rails or something, but I knew there was more. Yeah. And I, mm. I, I felt this burden of like, I'm going to have to give an account for all this. And I, I know I've been given these, these things that I have to give an account for them. Like, I don't, but I really don't know how to know what I'm supposed to do with it. And I, you know, okay, follow the Bible, the general general principles of of uh, of following His will and Revelation are pretty clear. The specifics for me, what did God want me to do? My purpose, my plan was really, I really had no idea. I just, well, I'm just going to try to do what He wants me to do, and hope hope that's what He's looking for. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, we'll talk about that because that's kind of the essence of uh, what it means to follow God's will. So that's kind of cool. Uh, Rebecca, how about you? How did you come to know Christ? Uh, I grew up in Michigan, and I same. I pretty much have the same story as Heath. I grew up in a family that where we went to church, and um, so I feel like I've known God my whole life. And we went to a Bible college, and that's where we met. We met in Texas, and decided to get married. He wanted to live in Alaska, and I wanted to live near my family. So Colorado was our, our compromise. Well, we weren't abiding, so right. we just so compromised. We, we negotiated. Yes. Denver was on negotiation. It was back before the internet, so we got a book from the library, and we went to a park, and we we kind of made a, a little spreadsheet, and we just decided from a book that this was where we were going to live and raise our children, and it's been great. Well, we know, we know, Kathy, that uh, Colorado is uh, heaven on earth, so uh, <laughs> a good, good choice. <laughs> it is a good choice. Um, I don't know if you guys know this or not. My husband and I both went to college in Colorado as well. He oh. went to the Air Force Academy and I went to Colorado College. So I do have a fondness for Colorado as well, yeah. even being a New Englander now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I always spend two weeks every summer up at the Great East Lake in New Hampshire. So oh, we love nice. New Hampshire as well. So it, it is beautiful, right? Which, which lake is that? Great East Lake. It's about an hour from Lake Winnipesaukee. Oh yeah, the, on the border mm -hmm. up by Maine. So yeah. Okay. Yeah, we go up. Uh, we do uh, retreats up there uh, in uh, Squam Lake. Okay. Uh, two we we do two weeks back to back in October. The colors are there, and oh, it's a beautiful time oh, to go. It's beautiful. It's yeah. a great time to be up here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, tell us. Um, how did you two of you meet and how what led you to get married to each other? So one of my best friends who's also uh, still very close, uh, Shad Carnes, who is at the same Bible college and is actually part of our 
part of my group still. He lives in Cincinnati. He um, he told me about this girl that he had met that sounded pretty interesting. And then, <laughs> um, and then we were freshmen in college. And from that, I yeah, I kept an eye out for her because that um, wasn't really a respecter of persons. And I thank God we went to a college where it was completely acceptable to go on lots of single dates with lots of different girls. It wasn't like a romantic kind of thing, which was, which was nice. So we were actually, this sounds so cliche, we were at a, like a worship hymn singing thing uh, before church. And I saw her standing there and I, I, I thought she was by herself. She had actually gone with some other guy, but I was actually on a date with someone else, and he went up. There were three different worship leaders that day. He was one of them. So he was up leading worship, and so I was standing there by myself, and Keith came over. And I was too shy to tell him that I was there with the guy who was leading. And so when the guy came back, I was with Heath, and he said, oh, it's like, it's like you've um, found something else, something better maybe to do here. So he left. Apparently he left you us. did. And we, we went oh. out together, and I think we talked for a couple hours. At, that kind of was the start of it. So we, we dated for three and a half, almost four years. Got married when we graduated. She actually went back to Michigan and got her degree in sign language interpreting, and I ended up getting a degree in business and theology, and got wow. married right after graduation. So, so uh, And where after, right after graduation, where do you live? Denver. That was our negotiation. Oh, that. So we, oh, okay. got, we got engaged. When we, we went to the park to figure out where to live, I, I was applying to some law schools and grad schools, and I had to figure out where to go after my junior year. And so that was going to the park to figure out where. We were engaged. I knew I wanted to marry her. I didn't want to live in Michigan. And she wouldn't move to Alaska. So <laughs> we, we decided. I actually moved. I graduated a little bit early, moved to uh, Denver with a car and found a really cheap apartment up in North Glen and got started. And then we got married in May. I drove out to Michigan. We got married there. And then um, we've been here since uh, January. I've been here since January of 93. We've been here since May of 93. So married 28 plus years. So Wow. Beautiful. Wow. That was good. So. Uh, and then tell us a little bit about after you came out, uh, walk us through a little bit of your key moments in your uh, careers. Well, I actually... You want to do, why don't you do yours first? Okay. Mine's probably a little less complicated. I had my <laughs> degree in sign language interpreting. So I worked actually down here in Castle Rock the first year. I was a sign language interpreter for deaf students at an elementary school. Oh, really? For a year. Oh, that's and, excellent. And I decided I, I thought that's the age group I wanted to work with. I really didn't enjoy it. <laughs> and so I ended up uh, moving to a college up in um, Westminster and I worked at Front Range Community College. I loved that age. That mm. was my mm. favorite um, age group to work with. So I worked at Broomfield High School and Front Range Community College for about years until we had children. And then once we had our first son, um, then I was a stay-at-home mom. Yep. Well, yeah. and now you do property stuff. So. Right. And so sometime during that time, we acquired through probably some bad real estate <laughs> decisions um, because we were not <laughs> abiding. It just seemed like a good idea at the time. We decided to get into real estate, but this is this leads us down a whole other path and is part has become part of my story and my testimony. Um, in 2006, we 
became the owners of four properties, their condos. And throughout that time, um, we, because we didn't start out intending to uh, rent them, we hadn't read the bylaws. And so we were out of, <laughs> out of um, compliance. compliance with the bylaws, yes. And they were threatening to um, charge us $100 a day if we continued with this nightly and weekly rentals. Oh, wow. And so at the time, we didn't know what to do with them. So we went to the church that we were attending, and we told them that we would love to use these furnished rentals for missionaries, if they had missionaries in town or ministry, if anyone could use them. And so they said, well, there is a family that's here from the Philippines. They're coming for four months. They would love to stay there. So that was our first experience with missions when we, we had never really met real life missionaries before. We always kind of looked at them as heroes and these people are amazing and we got to know them. Uh, they came over to our house. They told us all these stories about the Philippines. And um, as we were talking that first night they came over, I was thinking, this sounds like the scariest place on earth where they live. And Heath was thinking, this sounds amazing. We need to go. We need to take our family there. <laughs> so it wasn't very many months after that we drug our four children. I think our youngest was maybe four at the time. We went and took a family trip to the Philippines. And that wow. was the start of our just loving all things to do with missions. And that was kind of mm. our jumping in head first. Um, and God totally used that experience, which was for me, a very negative experience to be out of compliance and I'm very much a rule follower. And um, God just used that to just shake up our world and just get us on his path. That's great. And how many, how many children do you have? We have four boys. Um, they're five years apart. The youngest is 18 and the oldest is... Is Colton, Colton the oldest? Yes. He is. He is. Mm -hmm. Okay. He's the one that's married. Are any other married besides that yes, one? Yes. We just had our second son just got married. And yeah. So two married. So yeah. we loved having girls join. Finally. <laughs> that's great. That's great. Ethan, how about you? What's a synopsis? So my, my background's been on the finance investing side. Uh, ended up getting a master's in finance from CU. Got a... CFA, Charter Financial Analyst, and I worked mostly in the venture capital private equity area for, for a number of years um, until ended up in New York working with some, some hedge funds on the venture capital side. And uh, we were actually living in, living in Midtown Manhattan on 57th Street, um, apartment, nanny, all that kind of stuff. And I, um, I had decided that, and I, I can see God's hands, I look back, I couldn't at the time probably, but I decided that I, I really, went, instead of investing money for other people, I wanted to do it myself. So mm. um, at, at that point in 2001, ended up buying, buying our first company. Um, and for the past 20 years, we've been basically buying and building and putting companies together and selling them and just kind of a small growth equity private buyout strategy. But that first company I bought in, in uh, 2001 with a great guy who had, was also a college, college friend, uh, Joe Arner. And uh, so he and I bought our first company. I, I really, I had been more on the investing side, you know, added like two or three more zeros and all the deals I was doing. And then to do this deal, it just seemed kind of simple. But I, what I really didn't understand was the, the cost from a cash flow perspective. So 
I'll just, I'll make it short, but within 18 months, we went from living in midtown Manhattan, making a lot of money, um, you know, before I was 30, to living in Denver, um, being three months behind on my mortgage, all credit cards maxed out, business loans mm. totally gone. And I mean, it, it was a, you know, having discussions with my business partner, like, well, I'm three months behind on my mortgage and you're two months behind your mortgage. Who's gonna take some money out this month? And our, the company we mm. bought, was growing, but that was actually the problem. I didn't really grasp it when we were you doing mean, like due diligence. About, uh, working capital. <laughs> yeah, it it, it was an asset-based leasing business, which of course looks great on paper um, when you don't factor in the. So we had we had long-term uh, we had long-term capital needs funded by short-term financing, which is a mm. real mismatch. Yeah, and I mean didn't start out that way, but that's kind of where it ended up. We continued to grow and, but the problem was we were just, we just killed all of our capital, long-term capital. I just, and so we were, while on paper we were growing, we were just hemorrhaging cash and, and personally mm -hmm. we, we couldn't get to the point. So about 18 months after we had bought it, my poor wife, who's never really been involved in the finances, uh, I mean, she knew we were, we were, um, you know, we were had a whole lot less money than we had before, and you know, work stuff. But she's at the uh, she's at the grocery store, and she's well. I'll let you tell that part of it. That's better. He, out of love, I know now, hadn't told that uh, told me and shared that with me how we were doing. And mm. so I was at the grocery store one day, three children. I was pregnant with the fourth. And I was checking out, and I went to run my credit card. I'm sorry, ma'am. Wow. Went out. I'm sorry, ma'am, that one didn't either. And then I was starting to get nervous. I had three. The last one didn't go through. And I just left in tears with my, I left my car. I take my kids. I go out to the car, and I call my oh. husband. What is happening? Like, I'd, I'm just bawling. I saw a friend on the way out of the grocery store as I'm crying and I have kids and no food. And um, that was when it all came to a head and he told me what was mm. going on. And I think that was, oh, no, no, I need to back up. Wednesday night, we went to a church at this new church we had never been to before. It was a Wednesday night service. And it was a missionary in town. And he gave a basic message on tithing and giving. And, you know, I've been going to church my whole mm. life. It wasn't like it was some new concept, but I really, it really, it, it, and I can see now it was really God speaking to me very clearly. But mm. just tithing and giving, it was really convicted because I had stopped, although I grew up tithing and giving my whole life, I had stopped as the business had, that was taking out a little bit of money here and there, but I had stopped as the business was struggling, really because wow. of pride. With For me, um, I, I believe it was about, about pride and who's in control. And I think it was, I was saying, look, God, yeah, I'll get back to it once I'm, you know, once I can do it. But like, you don't understand. I need to, I need to use this money for this and whatever. So that was Wednesday. Sorry, Thursday is when she called me at work crying because none of her credit cards, but she couldn't even buy groceries. I'm like, but honey, we're building equity. <laughs> you can't eat equity. Yeah. She's like, can I buy groceries with equity? I'm like, no. hey, but hey, but we're really doing fine. With three kids. <laughs> I'm like, but she equity said, wise, uh, we're not doing as fine as you think. <laughs> So Friday, oh, wow. I, Friday, I finally broke down uh, to God. I'm like, all right, God, like I've been trying to do this on my own. For me, it's all been about pride. It's been about, mm. it's really been about control. And I, I think I had $300 in cash, which I was going to pay my insurance, which I didn't. And I, I'm like, all right, on Friday, I said, I'm just going to give this as my tithe, which was about my tithe for the month, maybe. 
And so on Sunday, went and went and tithe, which I hadn't done for, for a long time. Went, went to a new church, which we actually still are, uh, still are at. And tithed on Sunday. Monday morning at 10 a.m., I get this phone call from this guy. And he says, hey, he says, um, he says I, I, I found your company on the Internet. He's like, I don't, I, don't, I don't know what to do. He's like, I have this huge deal in Chicago. He said, I, the, the deal fell apart on Saturday. And you know, I've been working with these guys for years. The deal just fell apart on Saturday. He's like, I don't know what to do. I have, I have 900 pieces of equipment that I need to get out of here in the next two weeks. And he's like, he's like, I, I found you guys on the internet. It looks like you guys have something. And I, it was this whole, in the in the equipment leasing, we were we were buying equipment, we'll say for for $500, and we were leasing it out for $30 a month. That's great, um, but it's very capital intensive, and of course, there's operating costs and all that. This guy called and said, look, he said, I'll, I'll, I'll sell you this stuff for $25 each. It's the same quality. Everything's the same. I just don't know what to do. Can you guys take it? And it was this entire little cottage industry. I had no idea existed. I, I didn't know him from Adam. I had never even heard of what he was telling me. I almost didn't believe it, except that it was 10 a.m. after I had tithed. And, you know, you, hmm. don't, you don't need an MBA to figure out if you buy something for $25 and you rent out for $30 a month. For 15 years, <laughs> for 15 years, that may be a good business. Yeah. So we ended up from that one phone call, uh, not that everything was solved that minute, but it, it really was long term. From that one mm. phone call, we ended up um, growing the second largest company in the country in this whole industry. Wow. We ended up selling wow. it a couple of times. Um, and then we've gone on to do other companies. But, and there's many other instances, like I won't get the whole business. I have a whole business testimony, which is need to share with business people and uh, kind of get some more details. But I can see clearly how God has been at work. And we have been, we have been blessed. But the, the neat thing is, I would have naturally given my own pride and inclination. I would have taken credit for it all. And the cool thing is, God was mm. like, well, when you were doing it, this is basically where you ended up. And your wife is crying and she can't buy groceries. Um, when you turned it over to me, this is so... We have been successful in, in some ways, but it's really neat because I, I can take zero credit for it. Actually, the opposite. Mm. And God has really clearly delineated that, which is probably what I needed, like a two by four over the head to be real clear on it. So it, it's been real neat to see that. And that's just, you know, pre-abiding 20 some years ago, but like it, it is night and day. So I, I, I've always believed in God. I, I know he... He cares. He's involved. I just never knew how to kind of tap into that. Yeah, mm. yeah. So, uh, Rebecca, you, you evidently uh, were able to buy food eventually, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so now I've eaten too much food. So. <laughs> uh, what a great story. Um, so, um, as you've uh, you know been exposed to Living Waters, you learned you 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 and a group came and learned about abiding. Uh, talk about that. What what have you learned about abiding? How has that impacted your life? And then uh, then we're going to segue to that into discerning God's will, which I know has had a big impact. Right? But what what has abiding meant to each of you? I think for me, when you start out the abiding weekend with the John 15, and just explaining how if we abide in him, he will abide in us and that's all we have to do is abide. And I had heard that many, many times, and it just didn't make sense to me. I think we grew up in a very legalistic church, which helped. And, mm -hmm. and just feeling like, but I have to do something. Like, what do I need to do? 
And mm-hmm. that part for me, when you start out the weekend with that, that was so exciting to me to know that, okay, well, all I have to do is learn how to stay connected yeah. and he will produce the fruit. And that's not something that I need to conjure up more patience or more love or more joy, but that will just come. And then giving us the tools on how to do mm-hmm. that, the center cross reference Bible and um, the concordance and just having the tools now to do that because I had done Bible time and had my quiet time before, but it's just completely changed the way that I have my quiet time now with God. And it is just life altering. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. I, I actually, I'll even back up a little bit. So we did a abiding in the vine retreat, but I didn't even know what it was. So we were invited by the, by the CEO forum to go. One of, one of the other guys had been, done it before, but we've never, we'd been married 20 at that point, 26 years, never done a marriage retreat. And I, I, I really wasn't interested. And, um, <laughs> but, but because it was from the, it, it was from this business group. And I heard that Rich was a private equity guy. Um, he wasn't like a psychotherapist or something. I was like, well, <laughs> you know, I kind of felt guilty that I had never done anything. I'm like, well, if I have to do a marriage retreat, this is probably the one I would do. And, um, you know, maybe I'll get credit for going and for initiating the idea with, <laughs> with my wife or so. So I agreed to do it. I I did. I had no idea what it what it was, and um, I was worried it was going to be like forty eight hours of people like crying and talking about feelings and <laughs> um, you know having emotions, and, um, which uh, my wife says I don't have emotions. Which tell telling everybody how you you know made your wife not have food, you know that kind of right. Thing. <laughs> yeah, I, right. There were lots of things I I don't want to talk oh. about. Uh, I don't want to talk about all these all these kind of things and and so, but it it turns out like in some ways I think the marriage weekend was is kind of a label for marketing because it's really about how to, uh, I don't no offense but it it works <laughs> because what it really is and it took me a while to kind of I didn't even know where he was going when he started um, you probably picked up on it faster than me but it's really about hearing God's voice abiding mm-hmm. how 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 to know God's will to discern that in your life which of course I can see now is the greatest thing you can do for your marriage and yes. it is a marriage weekend and our our marriage has been completely changed and has never been better because of it all so mm-hmm. it wasn't the marriage weekend I was I I feared it was actually much more than that and I'm very mm-hmm. very thankful I went even though I didn't have a clue what I was doing yeah. so yeah <laughs> Uh, and I know that um, uh, one of the things you did pretty quick is uh, you started teaching uh, your kids that. Um, uh, how did they receive it and what difference has it made in their life? That's an interesting story. Uh, you want to talk about it? No, well, we did. It. So we started, uh, it started, I mean, it, it really changed us. And our, our, our kids saw it. And we, kept, we started talking mm-hmm. to them about it and they saw it. So we were doing a family trip. By this point, one of them was married. Uh, we had one in college. And we were doing a family trip that uh, a few months later, and we asked them, uh, do you want to learn Do you want to learn how to do this, what, what mom and dad have been doing? And they all said, oh, yeah, for sure. So we, oh, that's Rich, great. Rich helped me, and, and it, you know, it wasn't quite the same, but we took, we took four days and spent a couple hours each day in the morning. Uh, we were actually up in 
beautiful Juneau, Alaska. Yeah. So back yeah. to Alaska. And, oh, uh, nice. So spent a couple hours every morning just teaching them, teaching them how to abide and what that looks like and, and how to have a personal relationship with God. And it, um, they all tried it. I, I, did, I actually did a really poor job of kind of following up with them like I should have because I didn't know, like I didn't want to pressure them, but at the same time I wanted to be a resource. And I didn't, I don't think I did well at that. But they, our daughter-in-law, like took off with it, um, did amazing. Our son-in-law, I mean our son, our son, who's married to her, worked on it some. The other ones did things here and there. And then it's it's continued to be, well, they just did it again. Their brother, well, you tell them that part, so. I, from abiding, the oldest one felt convicted that he had fall on being a leader with his brothers when he mm. had influence in their life or could have had influence in their life. So when he was home for the second one wedding in July, one morning he sat down and shared how he abides with them. So I think that just the repetition and and hearing it from someone more closer to their age and also at that point then he had been to the retreat right. as well. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think he had better resources, more prepared to be able to share with them. So I think they're getting it little by little. So they have their own group now where they, they share their abiding, what they're hearing, and they've been doing it more. The second one has been doing it better as well. We, we, uh, me and another guy from our, from our group were actually with him over Thanksgiving for a while. And he and another kid we were, who, who were working together, we were able to... Take them through it again. They actually came to us and they're like, hey, they're like, we see this. We were doing a bunch of business meetings back to back and that's a whole other thing that we were doing. But we were doing business meetings back to back and they got to come to some of those and they actually saw like in the morning a word that, that, that I would get or Fletcher would get and we would kind of connect. And they actually saw God moving in action and they came to us and they're like, I know you taught us that before, you know, my son said, but could you show us again like, it, mm. He was 20 at the time. So, you yeah. can, you know, it, it wasn't, and he was like, wait a minute, like this, I see this actually happening right in front of me. And God, what God says is that what God happens. And then God tells you to do this in the morning, you do it, and like the entire meeting changes and like things change. And with, with bank vice presidents and with government officials, like it's just really neat to see. He saw it right in front of his face. They were like, wait, wait a minute, can you, what did you say again? Can you, <laughs> can you teach us that? So, from then he's been he's been doing a lot more and it's it's um it, it led to him getting engaged getting married mm. um i mean it, I, I that was one of the one of the reasons obviously she was rather interesting as well but that was that was part of the that was part of the decision for him and then they've been they've been doing it since this it's been really neat to mm. see uh, it just with that next generation and you know God talks about your children and and that, and there's so much in there on that, but to, to see some of that kind of coming out, and you know, we got lots of other issues, and the other, the younger two are are um, doing it some. I think the youngest one's actually been um, getting more with it, and so I I've been convicted, and um, it's not just my oldest son helping them. I need to be helping them more yeah. as well. Mm. Which, yeah, and Kathy, you'll love this. Um, Angie, his daughter-in-law, uh, the oldest. Mm-hmm. Uh, she she has a, she had a staff position with FCA Fellowship of Christian. Oh, Christians. really? Excellent. So, um, 
Heath uh, sends me uh, an article that she writes to go, that went to all the staff around the world. Um, and it was on abiding John 15. Yeah. And, and oh, he, I he, love it. Heath just sent it to me and said, uh, does this look familiar? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and she was giving it away uh, and, and stated it really beautifully. Uh, mm. to, you know, this is what abiding looks like. And uh, so it's, it's uh, amazing, you know, how they're uh, giving it away. She's actually been training people one-on-one -on -one and mentoring people. Yes. Quite a few of them. In abiding, yeah, you, know, you, you talk that's about giving beautiful. away. That's what she's been doing. So yeah, um, and when, mm. uh, as we, uh, you know, one of the benefits um, as we teach it uh, in the uh, abiding retreat is discovering, uh, understanding God's will, which you mm -hmm. and I are talking about, you know, right now. Yes. Uh, and uh, following God and learning to to come to unity and process together. Uh, so. Uh, talk a little bit about how has that part of it uh, impacted the way you guys make decisions? And I know even you're part of a, a small group um, and you're helping each other make decisions. How, how does that, what have you experienced with that and how, how does that work in a practical way for you? You want to talk? So we, it, it's been, on the marriage side, it's been really neat. I think the uh, the biggest thing that I learned from the from the weekend was that it, it just kind of hit me was that the Holy Spirit that's in me is the same as the Holy Spirit that's in Rebecca. Yeah, mm -hmm. and so the Holy Spirit's not going to tell me one thing and her another thing. We're we're one, in that if if I am hearing the Holy Spirit, she's hearing the Holy Spirit. He's going to be telling us the same thing. So it. It's, it, it can, so instead of like, I would like to three, and she wants one. Maybe we would get together and compromise and get two, or maybe I I would just argue her out of it and we would get three anyway. <laughs> Land uh, in Denver. Yeah. Right, right, right. Exactly. So instead of this um, compromising, negotiating, both sides feeling like well, I'm not really happy, but it's you know we're. It, this works for both of us and maybe I'll give more this time and she'll give more next time. Or it's that understanding that no, there, there is the, the Holy spirit and God's will can be made clear to both of us. And I actually don't mm -hmm. want, and, and coming to neutral and I don't want, I, I truly do not want my will. I, you know, you said God's will is best and none better. And that I really want God's will and God's answer. And it's, you know, I, I start off with my, what I what I think I want, but I I, I do believe we're getting better, and, and it's it's getting um, easier and easier to be like, well, this is my initial thoughts, but I truly want because we've seen it now. We've we've seen examples of God mm -hmm. God giving answers that wasn't, and maybe it is actually what my maybe it is three or or maybe it's one, or maybe it's maybe it's seven. I mean, maybe it's not even on the map of what of what we're thinking, but truly believing that you know we're we're both seeking God's will, not a negotiation, not a compromise. Mm -hmm. And that's been, I think that was the biggest thing from that weekend. And it's been, I mean, we're still, we're a work in progress and it's still, it's still something that we have to, to do, but I, I feel like it's, we're getting a lot. I mean, our, our discussions are all around that instead of, yeah. I want, you want, you know, how can we 
find a compromise kind yeah. of thing. And isn't it really so much more freeing to do that? You know, that's something we found, um, it, you know, just the same thing, you know, when we went through and just that realization that the pressure is not on us. And in fact, I don't need to force my will um, or try to win the argument or whatever that our hearts truly are to have best and none better and to follow God's will. So don't let him cave to mine. I, I want us to fight for, for hearing from God. And there's this freedom and this lightness, you know, and I know you guys, it sounds like you have lived on both sides of that in decision-making. So now seeing how it works to come to unity and the blessing of that, you don't want to go back. Right. <laughs> and I think for me, it's taken the resentment out of it that I used to yes. feel when it would be his way. It just always felt like it was his way. And now, even if it is Because I thought it was your way, way half the time. <laughs> it's God's way. And that's what we want, is God's way. Right. And it just, I have so much peace about that. Yeah. Our marriage is so much better because of that. Right. The resentment and the blame. It also removes the blame potential as well. Because, yeah, just knowing that God's, God's leading it and right. that we're along for, yeah. And as we've talked about, um, you know, God says, I'll instruct you on the steps and the path. Uh, I know you're facilitating uh, God's will for your son and daughter-in-law who, you know, process, you know, what are we hearing? What are we understanding? Um, and, their, and their question is, is legitimate, <clears throat> uh, is we feel something bigger. We're not sure what it is. Uh, would you show us? And that's their that's their fundamental question. And they both have a heart uh, to truly uh, receive and give it away. Uh, so they they know it's not just make us happy. Uh, it's mm -hmm. where do you want us to fulfill your kingdom purposes? You know, for us. Mm -hmm. So you know they're in the middle of that and and processing that. And uh, they got a pretty unusual set of uh, instructions. <laughs> what, they did. What, what did? And I know you. I know you've been facilitating that with them. Um, what did they receive? How did they, how did they process that uh, as you helped them to understand God's will? It, it has been life-changing for them. So they are 23. Mm -hmm. They've been married for two years. Uh, he's, uh, he's been active in some commercial real estate. She has been uh, full-time full -time with uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes as well as uh, a part-time coach. Xavier University, she's, a, she's an uh, Olympic-qualified swimmer, uh, big athlete. And so as they've been going through this, and, and it was really, it's been since the abiding retreat that they did with you in Nashville, and they've been getting more clarity. And they had gotten, she had, had gotten some stuff before, I think after the retreat, and then really processing with you, um, which is a lot of it as well, but they, they feel, and they both have complete unity uh, and clarity that God has told them that they're and they live in Cincinnati. That 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 their time there was two years, and that their time is up. Well, that's August twentieth, and wow. so actually on August twentieth they are leaving. So they have uh, they have sold all of their all their vehicles. Uh, they have uh, rented their house out. They have packed up all their things. And what God hasn't said is what they're to do. And they do have wow. yeah they they do have income from from uh, Colton's investments, and um, so that's that's able to fund them, but they, they are leaving and they don't know where they're going. Their, their plan is, um, and they are going to, um, Ice, we were going to Iceland anyway. I was say, hey, do you want to come? And they're like, sure. So they're going to come to Iceland, which I, I, I don't believe is the 
final destination. But they're going to go to Iceland. They have a one-way ticket, and they're going to wait, and they'll be there waiting, seeking, abiding, uh, the asking, seeking, knocking, waiting for God to show them the next step. And I, we actually got to have breakfast with uh, Colton and with Rich on, on Monday, and it was neat. I think he, Colton was very encouraged by your, by your comments, went back and shared with Alicia. And I, it'll be neat for us. We, we are coming back from Iceland. Uh, we have a ticket home. <laughs> so, you have a round-trip ticket. <laughs> we have a round-trip ticket. Uh, but it, it will be exciting to have kind of a frontline seat on mm. uh, what this is. And, you know, if you, if you had known his wife, you would understand how, how big of a step this is, which is just, just amazing. And Colton's always been kind of laid back and somewhat disorganized. And so um, probably not as uncomfortable for him, but for her, she's an amazing woman. And, um, but for her to, to be unscheduled and, and to mm -hmm. be, completely waiting is just awesome to see and it the what god's been doing them with them is really fun to watch and i i know there's a lot more coming and i it's going to be amazing to see what god does yeah uh, one thing you said uh and maybe you could discuss it a little bit further um uh, they're going to wait for the next step mm -hmm. um one thing that kathy and i have been uh, sharing about god's will uh it's a path not a destination uh, and it's, it's step by step by step. Yes. Uh, and it's a joy because, and, and you kind of represent this, that we see them having uh, intimacy with God, but they're also having intimacy with you. Uh, you're, their, you're their community. Uh, you're facilitating uh, the process. Uh, yeah, take a step. Let's, let, let me help you confirm the step. Take a step. Uh, don't try to go too far. Don't, don't look for the, just give me the punchline. Uh, how have you learned that about you guys taking steps and why that's so significant as opposed to, well, just give me the answer. <clears throat> I think the verse that God's word is a light to our feet, not mm -hmm. a floodlight, and it doesn't <laughs> eliminate the entire street. It's just enough for the next step. I think that has been very key for us and knowing that we don't need to know 10 steps down mm -hmm. the path. Of course, we would like to know, but we probably aren't ready to know. Uh, we just need to know the very next place where we put down our foot. Um, I also, at the very beginning of when we first took abiding, I was taking Priscilla Shire's uh, Hearing the Voice of God Bible study. Mm -hmm. And she said in there that it's the same as getting in your car and the GPS. It doesn't read all of the instructions when you first sit down and tell you, uh, turn right on Ward Road and then turn left on Independent Street. And that it doesn't read them all. Right. It tells you just before you need to know. And it, just mm -hmm. in the right amount of time before you need to know. That's a good illustration. You hear that. And so if we heard it all read to us on our road trip at the beginning, we wouldn't remember it. It wouldn't make sense to us. And it's, might question it's it. unnecessary at that point. So that just knowing that in the right time, God will let us know where we put our foot. And I think that that was a challenge for us in the beginning because we were trying to figure out when we heard something, we thought, oh, well, maybe that, that must be what this is. We were trying to guess and figure mm. it out. And we were yeah. trying to 
bring Hagar into. Wait, we were. <laughs> I would remember that. <laughs> so for me, it's hard not to not to do that, and just to wait and be patient for the next right. step, and not second guessing what that thing yeah. is going to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, by not second guessing, you're just trusting. Right. Well, let's just go this step. We don't need to say, well, did we make a mistake? Or just take that step. Now what? Now what? Now what? I think with Colton and Alicia as well, you really helped them because I think that they had felt like God was speaking Philippines to them. Right. And then when you uh-huh. help them go back through and say, wait, did he actually say the Philippines? Right. He's given you these words, but did he say where? And when they looked back, say the Philippines. So... That's what they, they know that God has spoken and that it's supposed to be somewhere. And now they're waiting for that. Right. Any what other, a beautiful story. That really is. Any other thoughts on the, particularly because uh, you and I are similar, we would just like the punchline. Oh, yeah. Uh, right. Just right. give me the answer. Let's just, go. Like, I'll figure it out. I'm a, yeah. I'm a business guy. <laughs> like I spend my life making strategies and plans and I can develop all these kind of things. Yeah. Um, which is my first thought is, okay, God, just give me the big vision and I'll map it out for you. And mm. it's been a completely different mindset for me. I think God, God's given me a lot of words about um, don't get ahead of where I'm working, be where you're mm. at the next 10 feet. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't even get it or understand it if, even, even if he showed it to me. Um, that it, so it, it's been a completely different way to think than I ever have in business, at some ways, it's much more freeing. Though it takes the stress mm-hmm. off, it takes off. And I think, as we've all witnessed with with uh, 2020 and kind of the world changing so much, is that we don't know what's around the corner, and we don't know what's going to happen. The things that may have seemed completely logical in January or February of last year really would make no sense in April and May. Mm-hmm. And that seeing that, um, I think some even helped solidify for me. You know, wait, I need God leading every step. And I can't mm-hmm. be doing these things with my own reasoning because, you know, my argument may make sense for the factors that are known. I know nothing compared to what he knows. And it's, it's been a big change for me, but I, I can't imagine doing it a different way now. Yeah. So. Um, and as you look at that step by step, you know, God says, I'm, I'm going to bring community with you so that, you know, you two are a community, you're a community with your son and son um you have a small group that um is used to now because they've gone through abiding uh helping each other process god's will um just talk briefly about uh the value of the community what why is that such a thrill to have a community around you both as a couple family and small group that really assist your life been amazing we just actually met with them we just spent the past several days together there's one couple that lives out of town and so they were in and so we tried to spend as much time as we together the past few days and we were actually just talking about the value of that and how important that's been on our walk as we've learned to abide and how sometimes when we get stuck we're able to encourage each other we're able to bounce ideas off one another we shared our dreams with each other. Like literally, when we have a dream, yeah. we share those uh-huh. with each other. We share words that we get with each other. 
we just completed a 21-day fast together where it was like a tag team fast. So someone was always fasting on each 24-hour period. And it has really just brought us together. Yeah. It's unified our group. Um, mm. And we, had, we were talking that maybe some of us wouldn't have continued abiding had we maybe would have gotten stuck or just come to a dry spell where we thought well maybe mm-hmm. this I'm not quite sure what to do here and um but I think just having that community around us has really helped us to continue and to be strong and edifying and yes. each other yeah it's been we so the guys there's five couples the guys in the group had been uh doing some business missions work for about five years before we started this, we had been going to some different countries and we've, we actually have an investment fund in Africa and we've been doing some things together. So we had been spending time together in business and missions and, and we had kind of been building that relationship. And it was, we were, well, we were together back in March of last year. uh, Rebecca and I had done the abiding retreat in January, 2020. And then in, in March of 2020, we were at our house, not all the guys, some of the guys, and the, you know, all the COVID stuff was crazy back then. This was like end of March. COVID stuff was crazy. And um, we, one of the guys asked the question. He said, he said, what would God do with, uh, with, with five of us, with, with five men who would actually just ask God what to do and do it? Like, what if the mm. five of us just, and, and like I said, we've been, together doing some things some some wins some losses and just feeling like yeah there's something here and we we and we love doing this together but like there's got to be more and that was that was the question so he asked what would god do if five if five guys it turns out to be five couples hmm. would just ask god and just do it like just obey and i said i said you know i actually know he's like but how would we hear it and how would we know i was like i know a guy i'm like i know a guy so and uh i said um i said there's this there, there's this guy down in castle rock who like is he's a business guy too like he gets it so we did a retreat there a couple months later and it has been an amazing journey ever since we've done two more mm-hmm. weekend retreats on on different topics uh we 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 formally meet twice a week and and then more one on one. We have these wow. big gatherings with the ten of us. The ten of us have been doing, uh, and the ten of us have been in Africa and stuff together before. So it's kind of like a kinda like a small group on steroids, I guess. But it's it 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 has just completely changed, not just my abiding, but our entire life. And we feel like God's been God has been mm-hmm. revealing and showing um, assignments to us as a group. Of course. Rebecca and I together, and and um, but the even as a group, some of the stuff that we've been and it's it's assignments, of course, that only five or ten could do together. It's not something that so it, the stuff we're getting has just been really interesting, and exciting, and and then you know, Rebecca talked about kind of ping ponging back and forth between each other with encouragement, with um, mm-hmm. everything from dreams and visions to strategies and plans, and 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 God detailing. Even small parts of of kind of that that next step to one person or another person, and and really, Rich has been uh, Rich has been a mentor and a guide in helping us process that, and he's really spoken mm. into things like finding unity in the group and how do we how do we deal when there's not unity, or allowing that one voice in the group that you know God's using one person to kind of sound the alarm and, and to say, hey, this is 
you know, this is, this is not right. But then also helping us kind of process some of the, the different things that, that, that we've been getting. So yeah. it's a, it, it's been, and, and then even within that group, a lot of the second, you know, we talked about our son, but it's not just us. A lot of the other couples are, are seeing some of their kids that are kind of getting the fire in our, in our abiding mm-hmm. in, in our, our hearing things. And, 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 and they say, Hey, wait, God, you know, I'm 20 something. God has a purpose for my life. And God, you know, God wants to do this. And yeah. I like, God can talk to me. It's just been <laughs> really, really cool. It's beautiful. So that, uh, you know, what a great example, Eric and Heath, of you know, the joy of their intimate fellowship along with God, their joint fellowship as a couple, unity mm-hmm. with their kids, their small group. Um, you and I have talked about, um, and we're going to keep talking about, you know, the abundant life. They got, they got stuff that they're trying to sort through, but the abundant life is that, you know, is yes. we know that God's going to resolve it. We know that God's going to give us clarity, you know, just like his kids going off and mm-hmm. saying, you know, we don't have any idea, but we know it's going to happen, you know, and uh, right. so what a thrill. So thank you so much uh, for both of you joining us and sharing your story. It's been so beautiful uh, to have people hear uh, what you have to say and, uh, we're we're excited. Linda and I are excited to be part of it and to keep. Oh, you are part e- of it. Exper- experiencing <laughs> all, all, all that you have, and so Kathy, uh, you know, again, it's just a joy to have them. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for sharing your story. I don't, you know, I haven't had the privilege of meeting y'all until today, and so just we can to hear. hear I know we would love that, but um, yeah, just to hear your story and really um, what you just described in your community is a beautiful picture of the Axe Church, and and I think the way that God is just igniting um, believers everywhere, He is really calling them to hear His voice and to abide and and highlighting the time is now, yeah. the time is now, and then as your children, a beautiful picture as your children in each of these five families are witnessing you guys just simply listening to God and abiding and seeking him and then following what he's saying and receiving what he's speaking, they can't help but want that too. And that's the ripple effects. That's the multiplication. When we simply elevate God, he is glorified and other people want to know and want to hear. And you guys are living that out so beautifully. So thank you. Thanks for sharing the story. Yeah. Thanks you so much. Uh, Kathy, we'll see you tomorrow for uh, end times Friday. Sounds great. Uh, so that'll be fun, and we'll continue uh, that discussion. So, All right. Have a great day, everyone. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Come and See, your podcast for truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. Send us your questions and comments, and tune in tomorrow for more answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. Remember... God's will is best and none better. His truth brings peace in this world of chaos.